Three, two, one. Florida State survives on an ugly, ugly, ugly road game in Boston College. Florida State beats the Eagles 31 to 29. One of the most weird and bizarre games, Austin, you and I have watched in a very long time, definitely since covering the Florida State Seminoles. But the Seminoles are able to hold on outside of a crazy amount of penalties from the Eagles that put themselves and kept digging themselves deeper and deeper third and longs it feels like it's back to third and kelly and maybe back to fuller and and third and fuller at this point uh just some some horrific messes multiple mistakes jordan travis goes down with injury multiple guys go down just a catastrophic kind of saturday but with the catastrophic game ended up being a win for florida state and they are going to start the season three and zero before going to clemson next week and with me is austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer and also our game preview man for the year wow what what did we just witness what did we just watch noon games suck there's a reason i hate noon games there's a reason i was so adamant on it on wednesday night that was a wild crazy ugly sloppy game that there's a there's a lot of things that went wrong you know i said at one point florida states played maybe a c game i don't even think they played a c game they played like a d plus game and got out of there with a win it's just a weird, weird game. A lot of penalties on Boston College, 18, which I think is a school record for them. And But they also they also converted four, th- four third downs of 10 yards or more. It was just a weird game. Totally, totally, totally off. You know, I just felt like this team from Florida State side, something that we haven't seen in a while, they kind of lost focus in a lot of ways. And, you know, we saw the response from Johnny Wilson early on, but then you saw some miscommunication there on a route that was not ran probably correctly. And then, you know, you jump over defensively and you cannot stop Castellanos from getting a first down on third and 17, third and 20. He's able to make these throws deep. Felt like, too, the secondary had their worst game of the season. Yes, there were some nice PBUs in there, but blown open coverage all throughout that game from Fuller's defense. It, it was it was really, really concerning to watch. You know, this didn't look like a number three team uh, number three football team in the country with the way that they came and showed up and played. They had a strong uh, second and third quarter there, but in the fourth quarter, they put up zero, zero points there, and that just cannot happen like that. It was 31-10. Everyone's feeling like, oh, this game's about to run away. You know, Boston College punts, Florida State punts, then Boston College goes down and scores. Then that squid onside kick that Trey Benson completely screwed up. That completely changed the tide of the game. You know, Florida State's offense couldn't find a rhythm. The running game didn't have any confidence. And Boston College had all the momentum. And from there on, it was just like, okay, <laughs> hang on to your hats because it's about to get crazy. Yeah, 100%. And then looking to, I'm going, we're going to kind of piece this together a little bit here. But, um, you know, the, the running back situation is, is really kind of alarming to me at this moment. I'm going to specifically yeah. point out Trey Benson. Um it's not the same Trey Benson from last year. I hate to tell everybody, but but it's not. At least from three weeks in, I don't know if it's going to be if it's going to change like we saw last year for Benson, where it took four or so games for him to really get clicking and such. But you see his physicality; he's able to get off some of the defenders when they're whenever the offensive line is blown up there. But other than that, whenever the hole is right there directly in front of him, he is not going right to it and, and extending the play. He is just kind of being a little bit too patient. Looks a little bit slow. I've been kind of 
pretty it's been an underwhelming start for Benson. I understand the stat line. He got a lot of touchdowns against Southern Miss, but whenever Florida State was playing at least a not a phenomenal team, this is a really not a great Boston College team. You could tell too, not as well disciplined. So many, so many, so many penalties. But specifically for for Trey Benson, you know, the best running back on the field today was Rodney Hill. For sure. Um, going back to Trey Benson, and he had 14 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. If you take away that one long run of 18 yards, it's 13 carries for 50 yards. It's not even four yards a pop, and he's too good of a running back to be below four yards a carry. Lawrence Toffoli only had 24 yards, and that fumble in the fourth quarter was abysmal. I, I agree. Rodney Hill's the best running back in this room right now. He's playing with speed. He's playing with confidence. He's playing with power, which is something I personally didn't see from him. But he had a couple of really powerful runs these last couple of weeks, and you know, he, he needs more carries going forward. I think he, he only had three carries for 12 yards in this, plus two catches. He needs to be seeing 10 to 15 touches, I think. He's too good not to. Yeah, he's understanding his assignment, and then he's going to hit hit his holes when whenever those are open and not hesitating. That's something Benson has been struggling with throughout the season, and it showed right in front of our eyes today. That's something that Coach Yak, Florida State's running backs coach, they've got to sit down and figure out what's going on there because that's not the same Trey Benson we saw last year in this offense. And they need Benson. They need Benson to extend drives, not just for like a third down, third and two, third and three, trying to convert there. This is a back that is a three down back and he can play all throughout the game. And it's just when he's limited like that and he's not wanting to punch and hit that hole, it really hurts Florida State offensively. So that's something that, I'm I'm pretty concerned in going into next weekend when Florida State goes up and faces the Tigers, another noon game. Uh, we'll be there to cover that. Looking forward to it. But um, yeah, just just leaving the running back room. Not little little concerning. Rodney Hill right now looks like uh, RB one just the way that he's playing the play style and and going and taking the opportunities when they're there instead of just waiting and being a little bit too patient. I, I don't like seeing Trey Benson play like that. That's not the kind of back that he is, or should he play because he's too big? He, he can't kind of sit back there. Maybe some smaller guys, you know, I go back to Trayshawn Ward. He helped, he helped this offense a lot last year. And I think it's kind of showing now, you know, the, the parts of definitely in this game specifically, you know, you kind of miss Ward and what he was able to do uh, to shake up and get uh, the, the, better progression down the field and, and extend plays. But yeah, yeah they got to figure out something there. Um, uh, and then going outside of this, you know, you look at Johnny Wilson, he's able to record 105 yards uh, on the day. Uh, Jaheim Bell was able to score the touchdown there. Uh, you know, just getting no points though in the fourth quarter really hurt Florida State. And it's crazy because Boston College just continued to drive themselves into a deeper hole with all these penalties, man. And then doesn't matter though. You know, Adam Fuller couldn't stop a third down worth a damn. Yeah, not even I mean, go just going back to the receivers real quick. Keon Coleman didn't even have a catch. He was targeted a couple of times in the opening quarter. And then I don't think he was targeted again until maybe the fourth quarter. I'd have to go back and see if he even got targeted again. Um, it's, it was it's like like I said, it was a weird game. You know, you have all this talent on the outside between Johnny Wilson, Gene Bell, Keon Coleman. It's 16 completions. One of them was to Preston Daniel. Another was to Darian Williamson. Four or five completions were to running backs. You know, you got to get these receivers involved at some point. Mm. You know, Keon Coleman's too good. Winston Wright has the talent. Dustin Hill is going to need to get involved at some point. We didn't see Deuce Span at all today. Not saying he needs to be, but you know he's a guy, he's a good fast gadget player that needs to see the ball at least a couple times. And 18 penalties for Boston College, and they're in the game. I just I don't know what was going on with the play calling. 
I said it on that last third down where Florida State just threw a, a jump ball on third and four. I'm like, what, like, what's the play call here? And they've been doing that all season. I haven't liked it, and it finally came back to bite them. It was it was a weird game. I, I know I got off track from what you said, but just a no. weird, weird play calling game on both sides. Yeah, no, it, it, it was. And I don't know if they're limiting themselves in some regards before next weekend. I, I just don't think you can do that. Definitely when you're jumping into ACC play as much. I understand you've got a massive game and ACC championship implications on it whenever the Florida State goes and gets to Death Valley next weekend. But still, when you're putting this kind of position, you know, Jordan Travis was dealing. And then once again, though, there's these easy routes. There's wide open guys in the flats that he just does not want to get the ball to you don't need to press it or throw the ball deep there are guys that are open for easy first downs and that's something I complained about last week on the show on Wednesday night was that Jordan just take the easy things man you know not everything has to be uh, like uh, exuberant like it doesn't have to be vibrant just get the first down man you know there's nothing that you need to do to complicate yourself more in this offense whenever it's built around getting these guys open for you and making these easy gains and I don't know that that just seemed off and you know that flag there you know Morlock you know they were able to have a really nice play there to grab that first down but Keon Coleman gets uh, gets called for PI there is blocking before the catch is made so that hurts them a ton. And, you know, it's just little things here and there that we're not, we're not really crazy used to seeing you go back to just week one though, against LSU that, that, that wasn't happening. I, I just think, I don't know, road game all in their heads type of deal. Just didn't feel like they were all in dialed in for this one. It felt like maybe looking ahead to Clemson to your point about Travis making the big play, that play he got hurt on. There's zero reason for him to take that hit. You know, he, there's zero chance he was getting that first down. He should have just scoot it out of bounds, take what you can get, punt it away. Instead, he tries to do a little too much, gets tackled kind of awkwardly and lands with his shoulder extended. And, you know, now everyone's nervous for all of halftime. He did it again late in the third quarter, I want to say, where he just trucks a guy going out of bounds. Like, just go out of bounds, man. <laughs> like, save yourself. You're too important of a player to be making these kind of risks on the football field when they're not needed. Um, yeah, no. and, and part of it, part of it is, you know, that's why we love him. But at the other hand, we need you, Jordan Travis, and you need to take what's there and not try and force it too much. And he's been doing that this first quarter of the season. Hopefully, hopefully it gets fixed going forward in this Clemson game where they can clean up these little things. They could take what they're, they're given against a, against Clemson's defense. You know, I'm sure we're all a little more anxious going into the next weekend than we were. Yeah, maybe just a tad, maybe just a small little a uh, bit more, a little concerned about going up to Death Valley in this kind of, I mean, this atmosphere, it's Boston College. I know everybody's trying to say this is a hostile environment. It's Boston no. College noon game. I understand red bandana, but I mean, I was hearing the word chant right off the bat. A lot of FSU fans in attendance for it. It's going to be a whole 180. That's hostile for you now. Woo! Get ready for a week from now when Florida State's going to face Clemson. Um, you know, just going through some some of the things in here as well. The busted coverages, you know, Shaheem Brown not take, picking up his guy and pressing, trying to pull up into the middle of the field and losing his guy wide open. That was kind of a theme all throughout the day. Kevin Knowles, you know, he almost had the interception, probably would have taken it back for six. 
Uh, that was that was a nice play, but still a lot of missed opportunity. That's something Kevin Knowles has kind of been slacking on throughout his career at Florida State is when there's opportunities to get the sack, it's a, it's a missed it's a missed tackle, man. There's just these little things in here that hurt you, and Akeem Dent being out. I think it was pretty significant too for Florida State, but still, nonetheless, yep. Kevin Knowles has been in this system. Cheyenne Brown has been in this system. You know, Coach Sertan been giving him a lot of praise, but this was not a great game from the secondary overall. No, and I'm I'm very I'm very intrigued to go back and look at some of those busted coverages, especially early in the game where they're just getting wide open passes in the middle of the field. And I'm I'm curious, was that on the safeties or is that on the linebackers from sucking up too much into Loach and Bethune and Lundy playing too close to the line? I'm really curious to to see what comes of that. You know, you're facing a very talented quarterback next week in Kate Klubnick. And if Castellanos can do it, who do credit, he was very good today, 300 yep. passing yards. And I know he ended up with 95 rushing yards. Um, but if you take out that sack towards the end, he had, I think close to 120 rushing yards. He was very good today, very dynamic athlete, but it's also his third college football game. You know, he shouldn't be doing this to a team that's this talented as Florida state's defense is. No. And I'll be honest with you, it was tough to see Florida State's defensive line. It took literally yeah. about a quarter or two for them to get going. That should not be the case whatsoever. You've got four, five, five caliber starters there in your interior. You've got defensive ends. You've got Jared Verse. But primarily looking on the interior there, Florida State could not bring pressure to Boston College uh, and Castellanos. They just couldn't. I, was I feel like so, some of it was purposeful. I feel like, like, especially late in the game, you could see Verse and and Peyton were kind of playing out, trying to keep him in the pocket. But at that point, it's too a little too late. He'd been in such yeah. a groove that whole game. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna make such an emphasis on containing him in the pocket, that that's got to be from the beginning. It can't be late in the fourth quarter when he's already in his groove. Um, it was a weird pressure game, though. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think only Renardo Green and then whichever linebacker had the sack at the end were the only two sacks. I may be wrong, but um, yeah, Azrae Thomas got back there. You know, Jared Verse started to click there um, in the game, but you still look at just the way the pressure was from the inside and red zone defense was no buenos, no buenos, amigo. <laughs> I mean, Boston College was able to really get get on the inside early, have these runs up the middle. You know, that's something we didn't see too much of whenever Florida State was facing LSU. You know, they were, they were able to make these stops, but you tweeted about it, and we did on our account, you know, three of three on fourth down. They were able to make a stop uh, on the fourth one uh, on their fourth down, but still allowing that to happen against Boston College is something that – Shouldn't shouldn't happen. Shouldn't be available for that to be a thing for the Eagles, man. On a regular basis, they're just finding consistency. And, you know, credit to to their head coach. He was like, you know, we're trying to win this game. And he was risking it for a lot of things. And he was able to convert on a lot of them. He was relying on his play playmakers to to get down the field. And they were these guys would be wide open and then just continued to hurt Florida State. And two, if we go back to the first half, Boston College really taking a possession of that game early, you know, not allowing yeah. Florida state to put a lot of points up on the board. Yeah, for sure. Um, it really felt like Robichaud had more than three yards per carry and 64 yards for Boston college. It felt like he was just getting some big gashes for consistent six, seven yard gains, but I, I guess not look at the final stat sheet, but Boston college, like you said, they were doing a great job of just keeping the ball out of Florida state's hands in that first half. You know, the first quarter they had the ball for 10 minutes of Florida state's five. I think at halftime it was 18 to 11 you know, I think that's going to be a game plan for a lot of teams going forward, especially that have a good running attack, a.k.a. Clemson with Will Shipley. 
they're just going to keep the ball on the ground as much as possible. Even if you're only getting four, four and a half, five yards per play, you're keeping Florida State's offense off the field, keeping them out of a rhythm. And, you know, when Florida State's offense woke up there in the second and third quarters, you know, they woke up. But, you know, Boston College was doing, doing what they could. But Boston College honestly should have won the game. There's some baffling coaching decisions, like the decision to go for two after the scoop and score. You know, they, they missed that two-point conversion, and it's still a two-point game. You know, just a weird game. I can't, we can't say it enough. It's a uh, weird game. Very odd. Florida State, total yards on the day, 340. Boston College, 457. Too many. That, that's that's where you earn it's, your D minus for out of Fuller's defense for the day. I think it was yeah, 6.1 yards per play to Boston College for a team that almost lost a Holy Cross last week is not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're stressing it. I thought I was on this show last week. This is not a good Boston College team. And to, to go to the penalties, too, they practically matched practically matched what their total was from the first two games, which was horrific. Uh, 20 penalties and now almost racked up another 20 in this game alone and was basically giving Florida State uh, a chance to hang around throughout it all. But, you know, I – really concerned about the fourth quarter and not able to put up any points there. You know, that that's something with the amount of playmakers that you have on offense and things aren't clicking there. Mistakes, Lawrence to Philly's uh, fumble, you know, just continuously trying to put themselves in a bad spot. You know, it's just like this team wanted to lose this game mentally and were able to survive up there in Boston. That's what, you know, you just hope you, you can't have that kind You overall, you can't have a game like you have, to wipe that off and you got to go into a clean slate going into Clemson, because if there's any kind of reminders of that in the back of your head of how you played as a team overall, you're just not going to make it through four quarters up there in death Valley, no matter where Clemson's at as a team, Dabo Sweeney knows how to call games against Adam Fuller. And they also know how to run their damn running back, Will Shipley, which is going to always be the key part of how we preview these games, Will Shipley knows how to dice through Florida State's defense. I don't give a damn how how experienced Florida State's linebacker room is, defensive line, front seven. I don't give a damn. Will Shipley will run through Florida State's defense no matter what, and we'll see if they can change it on their third try here of this year. To, to be fair, he knows how to run through any defense. He's arguably the best running back in college football. Um, but yeah, the, the fourth quarter, both teams ran 19 plays. Florida State, 39 total yards. Jordan Travis is just four of seven. And they average just two yards per play, whereas Boston College, 107 total yards, averaging five and a half yards per play. That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. There's there's no reason they need to be getting just two yards per play against Boston College no. at any point in the game. Not even on a set of three plays, but much less an entire quarter. That's embarrassing. No, 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 no. Not whatsoever. It seemed like Jay Trav and Johnny Wilson were the only ones that really clicked there throughout the game. You know, Keon Coleman yeah. was pretty practically invisible. Didn't see much from him throughout this game. We saw some Jaheim Bell. Uh, you know, I saw a comment in here about him earlier. You know, he went down, but he was able to come back in, which is a great yeah. sign for FSU. That's that's massive because you're going to need him a lot for this upcoming game. But, uh, you know, just seemed to be like Jay Trav to Johnny Wilson, and then the run game was just non-existent for the most uh, part. It was horrific. <laughs> it was it was horrific, and I, I want to go back and and watch some of the film. But still, I mean, just watching it live though, you're just kind of scratching your head of you know Benson. There's a hole there, my man. There's no reason to wait. 
And did he lose his burst or something? Did the 10 pounds hurt him here? I, I don't understand where he just does not want to take those opportunities when they're there in front of him. Rodney Hill, I have a little bit more of uh, confidence that he's going to take those, those opportunities. It's just, I'm, I don't, I don't know what's going on there with Benson and the run game. And, you know, I think, I think we've kind of finally hit our limit there and what we know Lawrence Philly is going to bring to the backfield just as a run game, I think definitely better as a pass catcher and his abilities there. But, you know, Florida State's running back room, I think misses a good a bit, a bit of ward just because he would punch in and, and grab those, grab those holes. But, you know, they've, they've got to fix something there in the backfield for Florida State to stay stable because if Jordan Travis isn't able to click on the air as much, then, you know, they're going to have to rely on, on that run game. And the big thing about run game, they can really chew up some clock too and, and take a possession of games moving forward. So that's part of it. Part of it, I feel like it's the blocking up front. Like, I feel like the holes we saw last year with the counter game just haven't been there so far this year. And part of that's have part of that's having a new right tackle in Jeremiah Byers. Obviously, you're down two starters today with Mo Smith and Rob Scott not playing. You have new tight ends who are still learning with their pulls, but you know it's too it's too talented of a backfield. Trey Benson's too talented. Toafili is too talented. Even if Toafili is more of more of a third down back catching stuff out of the backfield, but it's too talented. They're making too many mistakes, and maybe some of it's they're trying to save their play calling for these bigger games against Clemson, Miami. But you know at the same time you got to win the games that's Games that are in front of you. There's no reason Boston College can gain 120 yards more than you. Mm-hmm. And I hope this is a wake up call. Like for FSU fans here, they're hoping the same thing. Is this a wake up call? You know, Florida State being a number three ranked team in the country, they've got to go back. That none of these players have had this kind of uh, situation where every game is a Super Bowl for these guys, yep. and definitely for these ACC games. When you're on the road like that, you're going to have the help of the crowd there. You're going to try to put you in a hostile environment. This is their Super Bowl, and they're trying to come in and make an upset and be on national television and make and huge for head coaches to do that. The, this is now where Florida State and Mike Norvell, they've got to sit down and say, hey, you know, these are going to be massive games for you. You know, we know you can show up. You can face off against LSU. You can face off against these good teams. But you've also got to understand there's going to be things on film that we watch and prepare for teams that there's going to be maybe 180s from how these teams come in and build up schemes against you offensively and defensively that are going to be different than what you've seen in the past weeks on film. So that's something that this team overall has to get adjusted to and not just adjust to, you got to adjust to it quickly. There's no, there's no time to just kind of lollygag a little bit because you will slip up and you will get upset on national television by a team that should not beat you on paper. No. Um, I'm almost kind of worried that they let the noise from the LSU game get to their heads just a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and seeing, and seeing the number three next to their name, they're like, Oh yeah, Florida state's back. We can do it. We, we can, we can just out athlete all these all these teams. It's not gonna be the case. You you gotta you gotta play football. It's you know ACC's not horrible competition like it used to be. You know, there's some good teams and even Boston College is not a good team. I'm not saying <laughs> should have been close, but these guys have to come to play and they're gonna really have to come to play next week because now Clemson's gonna be thinking, oh, we're not playing our best football, but neither are they. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a little bit more of oh, they're actually a little bit more vulnerable than we might imagined, and you know yeah. still. It, it, it's still Clemson, you know, it's Dabo. He's going to have his team ready to play. That crowd will be electric expecting. So unless Florida state and one thing too, uh, I want to mention before we hop off here too. slow starts for Florida state again, Yeah, you know, yeah, I was going to bring know, it up. Yeah. Defensively. That's been 
a streak now for Florida State these last three weeks. They've got to get three and outs and get off the field, man. That's something that they've got to work on defensively and then offensively, and they get down the field and score. That's something Florida State was able to do really successfully last year and felt it gave you a little bit more comfort comfort in that first quarter but starting off slow was not not great and Florida State only putting up three points on the board too has been has been rough and you know you know shout out to Ryan Fitzgerald here that 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 field goal ended up being massive for the Seminoles coming away when getting a win here on the road um you know got to start giving a lot of credit to him on what he's been able to do for the first three weeks but still got to start off these games hot Austin got to got to got to see better execution and, you know, I want to see these drives from Mike Norvell. I do think, you know, I see a lot of comments, too, uh, on the stream talking about the play calling. And, yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you. There's a lot of things I just quite didn't understand. I do also think, though, some of the players missing some assignments here, you know, watching Lawrence Toffoli run out of bounds there with two minutes and two seconds. Yeah, that was silly bonehead <laughs> they, mistakes, they man. Gifted. They got gifted with that face mask at the end. Extremely gifted. Extremely. Um but and yeah, I've, gotta I've, start off games better. A play that's gonna get lost is because of what happened on the other side was the pass interference in the end zone where the DB just completely wiped out Lawrence Tofield, did the incomplete thing, and they called the pass interference. Why are we throwing <laughs> a slot fade to Lawrence Tofield on third down in the red zone? We have Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Darion Williamson. <laughs> we have so many tall receivers We're like, yes, let's throw a slot fade to a running back. Like, well, I know that's there's, there's what, so many calls where I'm like, what, what is this play calling? Yeah, I don't know if he's testing things and just seeing the ability of some of his players, but still, when it's this type of game and you need points on the board, utilize your big men. You've got tons of them. We've previewed it all throughout the offseason, yeah. VZ. We're like salivating, thinking about what this red zone offense can be. Why just have a solo little slot fade to your running back when you've got these guys and with NFL caliber back. hands. Not just your running back, your backup running back. Your sec like I, yeah. I I don't get it. That that was one of the calls I really did not get. And there's there's a few of them in this game where I'm like, I, I don't know what that play call was. Um even even the first I think it was fourth down, they completed a deep ball to Johnny Wilson. I'm like, why are we throwing a deep ball on fourth and three? <laughs> they've gotten lucky these first three games because it's not the first time I've called this out. They almost didn't get lucky because you know they they turn it over late and mm-hmm. things happen. Yeah, they do. They do. Florida State survives though. Thirty-one twenty-nine. Uh, extremely stressful. I need a drink after that. I plan on doing so accordingly because that was. Uh, just a freaky one at, you know, I, you know, I felt security that Florida state was going to come away with the win. And when we started getting into that fourth quarter there and I haven't had any kind of like crazy nerves, like I felt pretty confident for yeah. when that LSU game and they did what they needed to do. But then this one just kept going and going. I was like, okay, now, you know, do they want to put up any points to help feel a little bit more secured to put this game away? Nope. I, I really didn't get nervous until the scoop and score. Like up until then, I'm like, we're just playing around with our food. Like I'm not worried about it until Philly, the ball just pops out and they return it back. Mike. All right. <laughs> here, mm-hmm. here, here it goes. Ooh, oh, well, how about, how about hold up now? I had, a, I had like a spike. I want to check my heartbeat when Keon Coleman almost mu- was muffed and the ball went out of bounds. Uh, I even, I even said before that, I'm like, don't mess up this punt, please. And then he gets too close to the ball. I won't even call it a muff. He just got too close to it and took a bad bounce right into his leg. If you're not going to catch it, just get away from the football. Got to get out of the way. 
you got it. But still, you've got it. You've got to take that ball in, man. That should be that should be already talked about on the sideline before going yeah. out there and fielding the punt. And you've got to field the punt. That that's part of having a new punt returner back there. This is mm. third game ever returning punts, and I think Boston College only punted twice in this game. So it's not like he had a ton of practice with it. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Boston College DB Elijah Jones. He played a heck of a game, number one. You know, he, he was smothering mm. Keon Coleman most of that game. I think he was the one that forced that fumble on Toa Philly. He played a pretty solid game. I got to give credit to him, too. Mm, yeah, no. Him, Castellanos, you know, that, that, that kid's a playmaker, and he was trying to keep this keep this game going for Boston College. So big games there. And then, you know, shout out to on FSU side for, for DJ Lundy there, grabbing his first yep. career interception. And also Lundy package always usually delivers and punch it in for a one-yard touchdown. But, yeah, Lundy – Lundy having a having a big game there. Tatum Bethune, you know, kind of got dinged up there. We'll have to hopefully get an update there from Mike Norvell on him. Uh, you don't want to lose uh, Tatum whatsoever, but uh, you know, there, there's some guys that that ha- they showed up when they really needed to, and that's something that you like out of this team. But over, I mean, overall, it, it's glazed with ugliness. Man. Yeah, L- you know, L- Lundy played a hell of a game. Yeah. you know, I, I we have He's to go had back a great year. It. He's had he a great year. He's, he has. I've, I've tried to find it, but there's not like a great play index in for college football stats right now. I'm, I'm very curious if there's someone that's ever had a rushing touchdown and an interception mm-hmm. in the same game. And I'm sure if there is, there's a short list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that shout out to, to those guys. And then also Ryan Fitzgerald there. Um, getting quietly that been very good. First quarter. He's quietly been very solid this year. Granted, I don't think he's had a field goal longer than 35 yards, but mm-hmm. you know, he's doing what needs to be done. And we, we saw it in this game where an extra, a missed extra point for Boston College cost them this game. Yeah, going back to last year, man, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald loses a couple of those field goals that puts them in a terrible spot, and you know they end up losing games. So just to see him respond and go into this year and build some consistency, uh, you know, he's going to be pressured here later on into some games, I'm sure, for where sure. you know he's going to have to come up clutch and make some of those shots. But just to see him build some confidence there, I think it's just the biggest thing for any kicker, but specifically him and. I've uh, been been happy to see him do his thing. So, uh, yeah, For, Florida State survives. I mean, we had sweaty palms during that. Everybody <laughs> probably uh, got close to having a few strokes here and there. But, you know, it is what it is. Like we were talking about earlier, when you're the number three ranked team in the country, you're going to get tested like this, and this is their Super Bowl. And, you know, that's something this team has uh, as maturity continues to locker room this is something that they've got to adjust to and they've got to adjust to it quickly because it's going to be an interesting and fun one hopefully uh, when we get up there in death valley next saturday for a noon kick noon kick for sure and which florida state played you know b plus game against lsu then a b game against southern miss and in this game c minus d plus but you're three no and that's what matters and if florida state ever comes around with that a game they're one of the best teams in the country, but they've they've really got to show that. They really haven't showed that so far this season. They've showed it at times, but they need to show it for a full four quarters. Yep, they do. They do. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our instant reaction. We'll be back here live on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. as we preview Florida State versus Clemson. Looking forward to that. We will have 
an expert on Clemson's side, come on here and give us the rundown on what he thinks the Tigers and Dabo Sweeney are going to be bringing on Saturday afternoon. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, as much as you probably don't want to, but smack the like button. Florida State comes away with the win to start off the season 3-0. and oh. uh, Appreciate everybody hanging out with us, and we will talk to you guys next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Peace.